Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land from which we are recording and you are listening today. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome back to another episode of You Have My Interest. I'm Evelyn and together with my colleague Maddie, we're mortgage brokers here to help you make smart moves with your money by giving you tips, tricks and tools to help navigate your wealth journey. Hello and welcome to another Finance Files episode. I'm Maddie, one of your co-hosts, and I'll be taking you through today's episode solo. If you're new here, the Finance File episodes are centered around our clients and their stories. So we go through their financial situations, their goals, and the solutions that we create for them as our clients. Today's episode is going to be centered around a couple who have come to us with a goal of refinancing their investment home loan and also cashing out the equity in that property to use as a deposit for the next investment property as well. So they are wanting to create wealth through their investment property portfolio and they are rent vesters, meaning they are currently renting the home that they're living in. Another main reason that they wanted to refinance was to lock in the current interest rate for the next two years. With this rising market, they wanted to make budgeting easier and have certainty with repayments on their mortgage. So without further ado, let's get into it. What are the demographics of the client? Clients are a de facto couple, 34 and 38 years old with no kids. They live in Melbourne, Victoria. What are they currently doing for work and what is their income? The male applicant is a business analyst who's been in his current workplace since 2019. He works permanent full-time with a base wage of $140,000 a year. He does have pre-tax deductions as he takes part in an employee share scheme and he also makes donations as well pre-tax. As both of these deductions are voluntary and they can be ceased at any time, the income related to them can be used for servicing. So therefore we can use his full base salary of $140,000 a year as his income. The female applicant, she's a program coordinator and she actually started her new job the day that we submitted the application. She does have a probationary period of six months. However, as her previous job was in the same position and in the same industry, it was just a different employer. This was acceptable for some lenders to consider as her income. I'll do more on this later and I'll discuss it a little bit more in the last question where we have a little bit more time. She works a permanent full-time job and she has a base salary of $71,000 a year. The investment property that we're refinancing is currently receiving rent as there are tenants in the property. This is $495 a week and is actually paid in quarterly or bi-monthly installments by the tenants, which meant that the clients had to send through a few rental statements from their property manager to confirm this. Generally, the banks are just happy with one month's worth of rental statements from a property manager, as long as it's stated within 90 days. So if you do manage the property privately, you'll need bank statements to confirm the income is coming into your account and it's ongoing. An important thing to note is that we're not applying for pre-approval for this client yet, as they weren't sure when they wanted to buy their next property. You may know that pre-approvals only last for 90 days and can be extended for 180 days. But if you aren't sure when you're going to buy and you're not actively looking, it's generally not worth it as it does come up in your credit report. So due to this, we can't assume the rental income for a proposed purchase, which is usually what we can do for an investment property purchase. Therefore, their total combined income, including the investment property rent, is $236,000 a year. So they are not doing too bad if I say so myself. 
How much do they have sitting in their bank accounts and what do they spend on a monthly basis? The clients have $10,000 in savings and as a couple, they spend about $7,000 a month excluding mortgage repayments. The bulk of this came from their ongoing rent and they pay $2,350 a month in rent. Another major cost to them is about $1,300 in recreation and entertainment expenses, which also includes dining out, but they do only spend $800 on groceries a month and about $700 on personal care. And that is something that includes clothing, shopping, cosmetics, dry cleaning, all those things. What are their other assets? This couple doesn't have any cars, they just use public transport. They don't have any shares outside their super funds, but for their super, the male applicant has $83,000 and the female has $51,000. I'm noticing a little bit of a pattern that the male applicants always have higher super super balances. And it's interesting because they don't have any kids either. So it wouldn't be to the female taking time off work. So it's just interesting with the gender pay gap and how that comes into it. But that is a episode in itself. They have about $20,000 worth of furniture and contents, and this investment property was valued at $639,000, and it's located in Queensland. Do they have any existing liabilities? The male applicant has a hex debt of $40,000. The female applicant has no hex debt, so good on her. They have one credit card that they share with a $15,000 limit. What was the final solution chosen and why? So the clients have a current home loan of $423,000, which is the amount we're refinancing, and then they're getting $88,000 as a cash out portion. This was going to be split, meaning that they were splitting between fixed and variable. So they are fixing the current loan amount, which is the $423,000, so the bulk of their debt, and they're going to be taking out the cash out portion of $88,000 as a variable product with offset. The reason being, I will go into in a little bit more detail in the next question, as I always do. But they are, as it's an investment property, they are also going to be making the repayments interest only, meaning this will increase their cash flow and be able to allow them to continue saving in their own their own savings or put money towards different things. It's generally quite common with investment purchases or investment products. So on the fixed interest rate, this was 6.29% and they actually rate locked this. I'll go into that in more detail soon, but the fee was 0.15% of the loan amount, which was $635. For the variable portion, which was $88,000, they had a 5.5% interest rate. These interest rates equate to monthly repayments of $2,217 per month on the fixed portion and $407 a month on the variable portion. Now, they won't be paying that $400 until they use the funds as the $88,000 will be sitting in an offset account and not accruing any interest. So it's really good to note that you won't, with an investment interest only product and you have an offset that you can put the funds in until you actually use the funds you will not have to pay interest on it which is really good so they did end up with a final loan to value ratio of 80 percent, which they didn't want to go over and they extended their loan term from 28 to 30 years to maximize their borrowing capacity so they could borrow as much as possible what loan did we decide was right for them Okay, this is always my favorite question to answer. And there's a few things that I want to go through in this section that are relevant to these clients. So one is the refinance process. The other is the policy around the female applicant's income and then also rate locks, which I just mentioned before. 
So please bear with me. It's jam-packed, but I promise you it is full of really good info. So first part is refinance process, which may be relevant to you right now if you're looking to refinance your home loan. When you're going through refinancing and you go to your broker, we always try and reduce the current rate that you have with your current lender because you're generally always a little bit higher than you to bank rates and we want to pull you back down to that. It's the easiest way for you moving forward and also for us. So you don't have to switch banks and you don't have to move all of your um all of your accounts back around and changing banks as well. It's just it's a bit of a nightmare if you've refinanced before or if you've ever moved banks. So the retention teams at the moment, they're quite aggressive now and they can match other banks rates to keep you as clients because it is a big refinancing market this year and the next year moving forward with everyone coming off fixed. So they want to keep you as a existing client as much as possible. So you will tend to find that they will really try and keep you. If you are someone looking to refinance or you just want to get a better deal with your current bank, what you need to do is call your lender, ask to speak to the retention team, and then also ask if to discharge your mortgage as you're refinancing to another bank. I've made a bit of a script, so have a listen and write down some notes, but I'll also pop this in a Instagram post for you as well. So what you would generally do is you call up and say, hi bank, my name's Maddie. I have a home loan with you. I've been unconditionally approved to refinance my home loan to another bank and my broker has requested for me to obtain a discharge authority form from you so I can move my loan across. Can I please speak to the retention team directly? They'll transfer you through to the retention team and you'll be telling them about the deal that you've been approved for. Generally, we'll find these deals online yourself or you can ask us as your broker to get you a deal that we can find for you. This is just a script that I'm going off right now as of today's rates and a current offer from ING uh, for an owner-occupied home that's variable at an 80% loan-to-value ratio. So listen to this for the script. Hi, I have been formally approved with ING for a 4.99% interest rate with a $4,000 cashback. Can you please match this deal or come close to it? Otherwise, can you please send me the discharge form? When you're saying this, they will then come back to you and they will let you know what they can do. They'll either give you lower rates and try and match that rate or give you the lowest they can. They potentially could even throw in a cashback as well. If there's anything that they come back with and you're happy with it, accept the offer and ask for email confirmation from them. If you're not happy with it and you want to go through the refinance process with your broker, then follow through and ask for the discharge form so they know you're serious. We're going to need the discharge form anyway because we're going to be refinancing you and they'll need that. So after this, your broker will help you with the next steps. It's really important to note that in this process, the retention team don't know if you're eligible for the loan that you're saying. They don't know if you've been formally approved. They're literally just going off your word. So I've done this myself. I definitely wasn't eligible for the offer that I said. So it was about a $4,000 cashback and I guess in today's market, 4.99% interest rate. I wasn't eligible for that because I can't refinance at the moment as my income is too low, but they don't know that. So it's a great way to reduce your rate and save the current lender. Generally, if you just ask for it off the, back, off the bat and you'll give them a call and go, hey, I just want to see if I can get a rate lower than what I currently have. 
they will not help you. There is no reason for them to give you a lower rate because you're just going to stay with them anyway. You need to give them some firing power. You need to say, I'm going to leave, bring out your inner Karen (laughs) and just basically push it on them and say, I'm leaving, give me the discharge form. And they'll go, oh, wait, 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 we can do this deal. Will we stay? And that's when you basically can come in and get a better deal. So I hope that helps you write it down or have a look at my Instagram for a script. And I think you'll really find that they will come to the table, especially in this market. They will really want to keep you as a customer. Okay. So back to the client and their solution. An important note that may have perked your ears up earlier in the episode was the female applicant only started her job the day we submitted the application. You might think, how is that even possible? She hasn't even received her first payslip yet. Well, some lenders will actually consider what we call day one employment, where you've only been in your new job for one day. There are caveats to this. You will need to be employed on a permanent basis You'll have to have worked in the same industry and ideally the same position or similar, even a promotion if possible. Uh, You'll also have to have no more than a four week gap between your jobs. You'll also need to provide your signed employment contract. This is so they can confirm your hours and your wage and anything else that could be related to your new job. Some of the big banks do this like NAB and Commonwealth Bank and a few others, but those are the two main ones. When refinancing, we will order several valuations on your behalf from different banks for your property and also do pricing to see what banks have the lowest interest rates and the best deals. And we'll try and escalate these prices so we'll get the best deals for you in comparison to what you could get just going straight to the lender yourself. These clients that we refinanced for, they wanted to withdraw equity from their property. So the highest valuation was going to be the most appealing from them because the higher the valuation, the more they could get as a cash out. NAB came out as the highest in this section, valuing their current investment property at $639,000, which I said before. To avoid paying lenders mortgage insurance, the clients wanted to cash out only up to 80%. You may have heard me say before that anything above the 80% threshold, you will need to pay lenders mortgage insurance for. So to avoid this, generally, most of the time, clients will cap out their cash out amounts at 80% if it gives them enough of a equity release if it doesn't they may go up to 90 percent. you may have to pay lenders mortgage insurance but you'll get a lot more back in equity the way that we actually calculate the amount that you can withdraw is by multiplying the valuation amount by 80 percent. so for that you multiply six hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars times that by 0.8 that will give you five hundred and eleven thousand and two hundred dollars i know a little bit of math keep with me Then we take off the current loan amount of $423,000. That gave us $88,200. And that's the amount that the clients ended up taking out in equity. NAB didn't have the lowest interest rate. However, they were still very competitive in this space. They also had a $2,000 cashback offer, which the clients were eligible for. If you take these into account, plus being able to use the female applicant's day one income and having a really strong valuation, they were the clear winner for the clients. The clients decided to fix their current home loan of $423,000 that was being refinanced. With fixed rates, they don't increase every month like the variable rates are doing with the RBA rate rises. You actually never really know when they're going to raise their fixed rates and by how much, which makes it a little bit dangerous. They generally do it on a Friday, but at the moment we've been seeing some Wednesdays that banks are raising their rates. 
So due to this, even if we're applying for a fixed rate home loan for a purchase or for a refinance, we'll recommend our clients in this current climate to pay for what we call a rate lock. What this does is it locks in the fixed interest rate we submit the application at until settlement. If you don't lock in the rate and pay the rate lock fee, if the rates go up before your settlement date, then that higher rate will be what your new fixed rate is. You can imagine that even with a purchase, if you submit an application as a fixed rate, say approximately at 5%, and then in two months time, the rates have gone up by over 1%, that's what your new fixed rate is going to be. So it is really important and can definitely be worth it, especially for a purchase, but also for a refinance in this current market, because we're seeing every couple of weeks, the fixed rates are going up. It's the last thing that we want to happen for a client. So we definitely think that it's worth the fee. The fee structure is slightly different for all banks. Some banks like Commonwealth Bank will have a flat rate fee of $750 to rate lock. Other banks like NAB, as I said before, they have a percentage-based fee. NAB's is 0.15% of the base loan amount. In this instance, that was $423,000, which equaled $635, as I said before. It's, I mean, base loan amount as in if there was any lender's mortgage insurance involved, they don't take that into consideration. So this is generally paid at formal approval time or anywhere between formal and settlement. But yeah, very important to note. And I thought it was important to bring up here because it is what the clients chose to do. And we're really glad they did because in between refinancing and in between submitting the application and settling, the rates did go up with NAB. So we actually got the client a really good deal and really happy with that outcome. So they only fixed the $423,000. They didn't want to fix the $88,000 as the cash out portion. And this is because they wanted an offset account linked to this loan. This is because the funds aren't being used right away as I discussed before. And because it's an interest only loan, they won't be paying any interest while the cash out amount is still in full and staying in offset. It's only once they use the funds will the interest start to be paid. And at, there's no point in really paying any interest if you're not using the funds yet and they haven't found a property to put a deposit on. So it's really important. And especially because they weren't looking to purchase a property just yet, just having the funds parked in offset was the most ideal solution for the clients. They extended their 28-year loan term to 30 years to maximize their borrowing capacity. They were already on interest-only term with their previous bank. So we extended the interest-only term to five years again. When you're paying interest-only repayments, you can only elect to pay monthly as this is how frequent the interest is calculated and applied. Well, that brings us to the end of this Finance Files episode. Lots of information in there. If you'd like to see a breakdown of the numbers again, head to my Instagram at moneywithmaddie where you can have a look at what we went through today. I hope you enjoy getting to learn a bit more about the refinancing process. And if you use that script on your bank to try and get a lower interest rate, please let me know. I would love to hear how it worked for you. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to bringing you more Finance Files soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of You Have My Interest. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. To find out more about how Everland can help educate and empower you to achieve your goals with finance and property, just visit everland.com.au forward slash podcasts and book in a free discovery call.